going to talk to you today. I was going to talk about um, Rosh Hashanah because today is, today and tomorrow, a 48-hour day that God made. He can make 48-hour days if he wants to. Rosh Hashanah, Rosh is head, and the Hashanah is the year, of course. And so this is uh, a Jewish New Year today. But in Isaiah 26, 1 through Isaiah 27, 13, it talks about living under an open heaven. That Rosh Hashanah, I think Isaiah 29 says it's the sound of the awakening blast. It's talking about, not only is it talking about the rapture of the church, but it's talking about you right now, you right now living under an open heaven. You're under an open heaven. And I know that we had a hurricane blow through here, but we haven't had the Holy Ghost blow through here yet. Hallelujah. His, his, his wind doesn't bring death. It brings life. But today I'm going to get you turn to um, John chapter 3. Because I have here an old birth certificate. And uh, you wouldn't recognize me. And God wouldn't recognize me either. Because I have a new identity. Now Nicodemus, he was the, one of the top three guys in the Sanhedrin in Jerusalem. He was one of the wealthiest guys in Jerusalem, had the keys to the sanctuary, a member of the Vespasian dynasty. And then there was Gary Hooper of Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, an alcoholic and a drug addict and a street punk. And I had something in common with Nicodemus. We both needed a change in identity. And the only way you can get a change in identity, because God didn't come to restructure you. He came to, uh, how about refather you? What brought this on again? I was talking about Rox Shonda, but then, you know, Carolyn got me, Dawn got me, and then, I mean, then jo- Joanne came up and topped it off. And I'm, on Thursday night, if you weren't here, no, but those are the kind of services when you get in them, you have to shut your mind off because your mind will start thinking about what you're going to do after you leave church. You've got to get past that because we're coming to a time when you're not going to be leaving church. No, no, but I mean, even if you go to Azusa Street, they would start up at 10 o'clock in the morning. At 3 o'clock the next morning, they'd still be there. It wasn't because they were doing this. It's because they were doing this. Hallelujah. So anyway, in John chapter 3, Nicodemus comes to Jesus, and uh, he says, uh, that's when the Lord, I think in verse 3, he says, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. Well, um, happy birthday, Gerald. Yeah. Yeah, that's why when you're trying to share Jesus with somebody, if they're not born again, they're looking at you like a dog at a new gate or something. They just, they're not getting it. Because you really need to be refathered to begin to see what it is you need. He said, unless a man be born again, he can't see. He can't perceive. It's mission impossible. You have to be refathered in order to understand, in order to discern the kingdom of God. So that's why over in verse 7 is where I wanted to go. He said unto me, you must be 
born again. Gary Hooper, you must be born again. You must be born again. But how many of you know, how many of you here are not born again? You see, if I was to pull out this birth of this passport, now passports, how important are they? I, I remember one time we either went to Tokyo or Hong Kong on our way to the Philippines. I got there and there was only four months left on my passport. They're going to send me all the way back home. Because they figure that you can change enough in five years that they need that extra six months on your passport. Well, how many of you know when you get born again, it's a complete change? See, if I was to pull out this identity, if I pulled this out to God, he'd say, I don't know who this is. But if I pulled this out, no, it's kind of like my cell phone. My cell phone identifies me, knows who I am, and I know very little about it. <laughs> no, no, but, the, you know, it's, it's limited by my ignorance, and so is this. So is the Bible. So the Bible can identify me. I'm a new creation in Christ. But how do I identify myself? Do I pull out my old ID? No, that's not who I am. Then how do I know who I am? I remember one time, Stephen Muse, how many of you remember Stephen Muse being here? He's, a, I guess you'd call him a computer geek, him and Charles Skinner's. What they do is they repair computers, and lots of times they can do it remotely. But he showed me a whole bunch of things on my phone one day. Oh, it was awesome. The next day, not next week, the next day, I couldn't remember one. And yet, I'm born again. But I don't know what's in the book. And so if I don't know what's in the book, I can't take advantage of what's in the book. There's all kinds of exceeding great and precious promises in here, but if I don't make them exceeding great and precious, they're nothing to me. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, he made me righteous. Well, what does that feel like? What does that look like? I'm married. What does that feel like? And what does that look like? Some days is better than others. But, but the feeling has nothing to do with the covenant agreement that I have with Nancy, with God, right? I'm married. Whether I feel like it or whether I don't, Mostly, mostly I do. She'd be the one that would have to struggle, but because she has to deal with me, she has to deal with me. But what am I saying? I'm saying if when you, you need to know what the book says about you. Next week or maybe the week after, I want to talk about finding your death certificate. Because you are dead and your life is here with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life shall appear, you'll also appear with him in the glory. So mortify your members that are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, so on. He goes on, tells you all about it. He tells you, he tells you, that, you need, that you need to put it to death every day. Because that's not who you are. That's not your identity anymore. If any man be in Christ, come on, Romans 8.1. Pastor Carlo used to sing this one all the time. There's therefore now no condemnation to them in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation in you, on you. 
So, so if I pull out that passport, God will say, that's not you in that picture. And when you pray those unbelief prayers, he'll say, that's not you in that picture. I don't recognize you. I recognize you in here. And if you don't know how to do it, find a Stephen Muse or a Gary Hooper to get you to see how it works. Amen. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5.17. Hallelujah is right. What's that? It is your passport. That's exactly right. You know, you're a new creation. You're not re, you're not, you haven't been renovated, remodeled. You're a new species on the earth. I love what, what Seymour said. Seymour said it this way in Azusa Street. He said, um, he said, I'll get born again. He said, I'm dark-skinned. You get born again, you're white-skinned. The skin color didn't change, but your identity completely changed because now you're in Christ. Your identity is you're either in Adam or you're in Christ. And so when you're in Christed, it changes everything. At least it's supposed to. No, I mean, it, it requires some work. It requires some renewing of the mind. Let's read verse 17. For if any man be in Christ, he's new. But that, that, that's not new us. That's not new in time. That's never heard of before. So if you come to me, if you come to me and tell me what I did last week, if I ask God to forgive you, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even know. What are you talking about? Why? Because th that's why Paul the Apostle, he got it. He said in 2 Corinthians 7, verse 2, he said, receive us. We've wronged no man, even though you can read his history. Huh? But he didn't see his history because he knew God didn't. I said he didn't see his history because he knew God didn't. Cousin doesn't see your history. He sees the blood of Jesus. It's like when I was praying to him a couple of weeks ago, and, I, and I'm reading about Abraham, and, I, and the Bible says that Abraham was old and stricken with age. And, and, when, and when you read it, it says he considered not his own body. Well, again, I think I mentioned this on Thursday. Now he got up, and he had wrinkles. He had got up, and maybe he had gray hair. He got up, and he might have had some aches and pains he didn't have before. But he didn't consider that. What did he consider? What he saw in John 8, 56 was, Jesus said about, about Abraham, he said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And then he saw it, and he was glad. Going back to Genesis 22, when he offered up Isaac. When he offered up Isaac, he knew, I'm making a covenant in exchange here. He's, I'm offering up my son so that he can offer up his. And he saw it and he was glad. So, so then when God told him that he was going to have a, a child at 100 years old, he didn't look at his own body, he looked at the cross. He considered the cross of Christ. And that's why the Bible says he staggered not. We need a bunch of stagger knots in here. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief but grew strong in faith, became fully persuaded 
fully persuaded that what God promised, he was able to perform. Fully promised. He's looking at his wife and she couldn't have a baby when she was young. My Bible says in Galatians 3.29, if any man be in Christ, he's Abe's seed and heirs of the promise. And here's, here's another thing that you always need to remember. What he, He's no respecter of persons. So if he did something for Abraham and you come to him with your faith, he'll do it for you too. I've been looking at Nancy. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> All things have become new. He reconciled him. He, all things are reconciled back to what God. This word reconciled is katalasso, K-A-T-L-L-A-S-S-O. And it was used for coins of equal value. Uh, identical. The quality and the quantity of being the same. It's like when they, when, when they would purify gold, they kept taking the dross off until the guy purifying it could see himself in the reflection. That's why you're being changed from glory to glory into the image of his son. That's why if you're going through some stuff, if you're perplexed, what is this? Wondering what's going on? There's, there's something really good going on. You're being changed from glory to glory. Not tribulation to trouble, but, but yielding yourself to the Holy Ghost. Herein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. The, the just shall live by faith, so you live by faith. But then you're also to live with the expectation of being changed from glory to glory and not trying to change yourself. You can't change yourself. Thank God for 1 John 1 9. But again, what does, what does holiness feel like? What does righteousness feel like? Like, you, you mean to tell me when you feel righteous that you are, and when you don't, you're not? Huh? How many of you feel righteous all the time? And, you know, he said, become holy even as I am holy. Well, how do I do that? By yielding the way to the Holy Ghost. In the middle of all that stuff he told us to put off, fornication, uncleanness, and all that, he went on and he said, in the middle of it all, he said, stop lying to one another, put off the old man with his deeds. Then he says, put on the new man, renewed in the knowledge of the image of him that created us, where there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision, non-circumcision, barbarian, or bond or free. Christ is all and in all. So how do I put it on? I just put it on. The whole kingdom operates with words. You believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth. That's the whole kingdom. There's no other way. It's your words. By your words, you're justified. By your words, you're condemned. Well, I don't feel... Feelings have nothing to do with confessing the word of God over your life. And after he said, stop lying to one another in the middle of it all, he said, wherefore, holy and beloved. He called them holy and beloved after he corrected everything they were doing wrong. No, but that's the heart of God. Holy and beloved. He said, you've been called to one body. Be thankful. It's hard to be thankful when you're being sin conscious, when you're guilt ridden with guilt. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Your job, you know, it's kind of like Abraham back again in Romans 5.21. He said, he, 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 he believed, he believed that what God had promised, 4.21 it is, 
what God had promised, he was powerful to perform. So your job is to believe it. His job is to perform it. If you're trying to perform it, it's not going to work for you. Oh, you struggle. I just wished I was more righteous. You'll never be more righteous than you are right now if you're born again. What does holy mean? Sanctified and set apart for his use. Can you do that for yourself? Let me know if you can. Give me the plan. (laughs) No, you receive it. Everything in the kingdom of God you receive by faith and to grace. It's a gift from God. It's not of yourself because if it was you, you'd be boasting. Well, I'm so righteous. No, self-righteous. Self-righteous. If you can make yourself righteous, that's exactly what you are. Self-righteous. You can't do it. So take the pressure off. Yeah. So again, to change or exchange coins of equal value. Verse 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we'd be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Hmm. 5.17 says it this way in another translation, probably, probably the Passion. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah... No, this must be the Amplified. There's a bunch of words in it. (laughs) He is a new creation, a new creature altogether. You you haven't been this way before. That's what Pastor Paul's been saying when he's preaching. You, You haven't gone this way before. This is new. You're going in a new place. The old, previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Everybody say, has passed away. My moral and spiritual condition passed away. My death certificate. (laughs) Behold, the fresh and the new has come. Wow. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, and again, we know this. We know this, that we can quote it, but do we know it? He, God... Almighty God looked at his son and at midday on the cross he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He forsook forsook his own son so that he could do this act right here. He, God, made him to be sin for us. He, He couldn't even look on, how does God feel about sin? Same way. He didn't change his mind about sin. He still doesn't like it. Right? But that's not how he looks at you. He, how does he look at me? I have been justified by faith, and I have right standing with God my Father through my Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for Romans 5, 8, that while I was yet a sinner, you died for me. And verse 9, that now then much more. Being justified by my good looks. You didn't have to laugh that hard, Nancy. Being justified being justified by his blood, justified just as if I'd never sinned, justified by his blood, I've got the forgiveness of sins. Glory to God. Come on. That ought to get you excited. Another translation says it this way. For Christ, who never broke his relationship to God, did for our sake experience brokenness and emptiness 
so that our brokenness could be transformed into participation into the life of God, my new life, my new exp- Come on. You got this new life, but it's like my, my new and expensive cell phone. No, no, it's like, ask Pastor Paul, you know, how some of the things, I'm, how computer literate I am sometimes. But there's nothing wrong with my computer. So then where's the problem? Ask Ken McDonald. Ken McDonald. <laughs> God bless you, Ken. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm not interested in it. But I need to get interested in this because he said in John 8.30, he said he spoke to the believers that were there. He said, verse 31, he said, if you'll continue, he talked to them all. They were all believers. But then he said, if you'll continue on my word, you'll be my disciples. So you can be born again and not be a disciple of God. You can be born again and not know what's in the book, not know the promises that you have. Right? I mean, think about, now I've been studying this Bible for (laughs) over 40 years. And I'm scratching the surface. So if you only pick it up once or twice a week, I might ask you, what do you really know about who you are? Or what do you really know about who he is and what he's done for you? See, that, but that responsibility is mine. It's on me. I said, God, my phone recognizes me. Surely I can recognize my phone. <laughs> How about um, Romans 8? I had this all marked up to teach Rosh Hashanah, so you have to bear with me a little bit here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> verse 16, verse 15, verse 14, verse 13. For if you live after the flesh, you'll die. That doesn't mean you're going to drop dead. That means you'll experience death things. You won't experience the spiritual life of God. Right? And so he said, I don't want you to live after the flesh. If you live after the flesh, it produces death. But if you through the Spirit, how how do I do this? How do I do this? Through the Spirit. Through the Spirit mortify your members that are on the earth. Mortify the deeds in your body. You shall live. Why? Because the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. My words are life unto those that find them and health to all of their flesh. Got to find them, that's all. Okay, but then in verse 14, he says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God. You're not led by your flesh. You trust in the Lord with all of your heart and not lean on your own way of doing things. In all of your ways, you acknowledge him and he directs your steps. You're not wise in your own eyes. You fear the Lord, you depart from evil. Health to your flesh, marrow to your bones. He said, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So you can be a child of you can be a child of God and not be a son of God, isn't that? Would you say that's true? So how do how do I grow up? How do I how do you grow anything through food and use? Okay, so okay, back here, Romans uh, eight fourteen. Many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And, and, and what does that look like? 
Well, let's check it out a little bit here, but let's read verse 15. For we have not received this, uh, the spirit of bondage again to fear. Did you know how much fear was rampant over the last couple of days over the hurricane? The shelves were empty. Gas stations were lined up. Like, what did they think was going to happen, dear God? You know, but it's the, it's the sheer panic. I mean, we've got women in our building that are still, I say women, it could be men too, but I notice that the women are doing it, wearing masks and not wanting to get on the elevator when you're on. Well, I could understand if it was me, but I mean, Nancy, you should be okay getting on the elevator with her, right? So, yeah, strange. People are just so full of fear. But look at this. He said, you haven't received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you've received the spirit of adoption or the spirit of son placing where we cry, Abba, Father, Papa God, in whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. We call him Dad. Hallelujah, he's my dad. Thank you, God. I don't have to come cowering in his presence. I come boldly unto the throne room of grace to obtain mercy, to find grace and help in the time of need. So, so we, cry, we cry, Abba, Father, and then I like this next verse. The Spirit himself bears witness that with our spirit that we are the children of God. In other words, and then he goes on to tell you that you own everything. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If we suffer with him, well, I wish he hadn't put that part in there, but it's there. We also shall be glorified together with him. What a powerful promise. No, but see, if, you, if you're consulting your emotions to, to, and your feelings to locate your identity, it's going to change constantly. Unless your emotions, I'm reading this off a note I made, unless you, your emotions and feelings are governed by the word of God and guided by your born-again spirit, they are not trustworthy. If you base your identity on, purely on feelings, you'll always ask the wrong questions. Such as, do I feel God loves me? Do I feel accepted by God? Do I feel righteous? Well, exactly, what does righteousness feel like? What do you expect in righteousness to produce? Goosebumps? You need to go online and check that church over in, over in Conception Bay. It breaks all the rules. No, it totally does. I mean, I'm... <laughs> they're still playing the Salvation Army music with the horns and the tambourines and all that stuff. But God shook past all of that, got them saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. So what, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. And when you accept that fact, think how far he can take you. Think how far he can take you because Dad doesn't have to deal with all that religion. Yeah. Verse 19, the earnest expectation of every creature waits for a manifestation of the sons of God. See, God wants to bring a change in you to bring a change through you. He wants to bring this change in you to bring the change through you. And the only way that, you know, you would like if he would just Hocus pocus, you're in focus. Wouldn't you like that? But he doesn't do that. He said, don't be conformed to this world, but transformed by, re you renew your mind by the word of God. 
I'm not going to renew it for you. You renew your mind. You submit your body unto me, a living sacrifice. I gave you mine, a dead one. Now I'm asking you to give me yours, a, a living one, and then learn about me. Learn about me and stay humble. Amen. Hallelujah. The word we us in 814 sparks offshoots from the fire. I was talking to a guy in St. John's just the other day, and I said, have you heard about what's going on in the Salvation Army Church? Yeah. He said, I'm going to this other church. I'm believing that it's going to happen over there. I said, buddy, if there's a fire going on in your city, go get, at least go get warmed up. Go get thawed out. And realize that you can catch, you can catch the anointing. If you can catch COVID or you can catch, you can catch, if you get into those places, you can catch what's going on. If you come here and get caught up in praise and worship, you can catch what's going on. But if you're going to stand off, then that's the way that it'll stay. I submit my body unto him, a living sacrifice. It's wholly acceptable unto him, and it's my reasonable service. I can't even brag about it. Well, God, did you see me in church today? (laughs) I am what I am, Paul the Apostle said. I am what I am by the grace of God. Without you, he said, I can do nothing. I've got nothing to brag about except him. Christ and him crucified. Amen. Yeah, but did you see all that good stuff I did? No. That was the grace of God on me. I didn't do it. That was the grace of God that caused that to happen. If I start taking a bow for it, then you know that I got off in pride and you've been praying for me, okay? So stay small and expect God to move mightily in your midst and know your true identity. No, but that's what Carolyn was talking about. That was all that she really had to say was, I, I, you know, I wasn't recognizing who I am in Christ. I was looking at who I felt like and realizing that my feelings, your feelings are not dependable. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.